it's all square. I get terrified of the sharp edges and the tiny little ropes. I always feel like I could get knocked out, but I've been told there was a boxing match that's worth even considering. Proving fighting easier from outside the cage for sure when all you have to worry about is the old punch punch and those pillows that they swing with. I am Kevin. With me, of course, Ref as far as a ref, how are you doing? So happy. And do you know why, Kevin? Because Canelo lost? I don't know. I don't even know. Uh, I mean, depending on your interpretation or our poll results, here's what I want you to know, Kev. For one weekend, it was nice. And it doesn't happen all the time. But it was especially nice to take a look around, see fight fans around the world upset at boxing results because kevin sometimes we in mma we get people who don't like the scorecards that's why there's the famous saying don't leave it to the judges and because there are more mma events than there is boxing events despite for whatever reason boxing being rigged or dead or past its glory it still keeps selling lots and lots of pay-per-views now, here's where it gets confusing. Do you know how much that goddamn pay-per-view was costing people yesterday? Wasn't it like 99 or 110 or something? Crazy? I saw 85, okay? Oh, I thought okay, I thought it was 100. So, okay. That's okay. That's a Could be. That. But 85's nice. But 85 and think about it. Who do you know on the undercard, Kev? Uh, uh <laughs> you got me. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Definitely worked my way to trick you real hard on that one. Because guess what, Kev? Couldn't answer in my own self. Somebody asked me if I saw another fight on that card, and I was like, you are fucking kidding yourself if you think I watched any more of that than I needed to. That person walked up all all condescending and fancy. They were like, did you see any other (laughs) fights? And Raph politely took out him. He just took his glove off and slapped the gentleman clean across the face and said, how dare you? That's how... I heard it went down. There's the people who have those fancy cheese parties equivalent in jiu-jitsu who are just like, I don't know. I've just been feeling a lot of brie lately. I mean, it's not my favorite, but if you give me a nice little that with a little Chianti, I'm just going to have a good night. No, Kev. This was not something I was going to pay for. Okay. Now, I am very much against the pirating and all of that sort of stuff. Okay. I have expressed... That as a fight fan, I think it's fair. Maybe, just maybe. I'm not saying illegally stream. I think that's wrong. However, thank you to those who do that on occasion, who put it out there and take the risks of their own social media. I would just say this. As fight fans, can we get like the 10th one free every once in a while? Just because, listen, a lot of y'all are fans, but you don't do a podcast on it. And I'm just saying, I'd love to get, like, one of those punch cards where they just, like, my cable bill just kind of goes, yeah, watch this one. Nine more and you get the free one. Because, Kevin, that's too much. So I was watching in and out as much as I could of this boxing match. And the weird part is, the context is, the whole reason we're having this rematch, Kev, is because the last one was a motherfucking draw. Really? 
Do you know how hard in boxing it is to have a motherfucking draw in 12 rounds? Which begs the question, why the fuck are there 12 rounds? Why are there 12? If you can't start it out in 12, make it 8. Just don't. I'm just saying. No, no. Make it 9. And make it 13, you fuckholes. Go into overtime. Don't pull a Vikings. Numbers. (sighs) Why is it even numbers? Have we ever really fully dissected that? Wouldn't it make more sense to make it lucky 13? There's a boxing fan driving right now that's just like, well, you guys, if I could interject, I'll tell you why. No one cares. Okay. There's also it's another just boxing fan that's like, fucking thank you. This is like getting yeah. rid of the stupid ties in hockey or soccer. It's like the best part right. is the penalty shots. That's the best part. No one Boy, cares about anything those, else. I thought at one point, weren't they like, the, depending on the time, like 15 rounds, et cetera, et cetera. Look, I get it. 12 rounds sounds nice and even whatever. Kev, the last time for there to be a draw is odd but you know what happened yesterday that was very interesting a lot of folks we put up some survey results and here's what i am enjoying about twitter and instagram and all the places we put the polls here is the result that we have right now i put up for the end result of yesterday's fight which i will tell you in a second was the result a robbery or accurate and two to one was robbery robbery (laughs) Now, when I open the show and I have some glee about me and I say, holy fuck, it feels nice not to be the sport or the art, quote unquote, that people are pissed about and in high droves of numbers. Because this weekend, and we'll get to this in a second, Herb Dean almost killed a man. But that's not important, Kev. What's important is boxing is to blame this one weekend. And you know what the best part is, Kev? What? At the very end of the fight. When they announced that the winner was Canelo, it was 115 to 113 on two of the scorecards. One person had a draw again. Now, ask me, Kevin, what the score was on those two scorecards as they went into the 12th round. What? I mean, as they go into the last round, what are their scores? Yes. The last round scores were 114-113. And if Triple G, who was doing very well throughout, or winning, depending on your interpretation, had been given that round by those two judges, it would have been another draw. So listen, Kev, I'm not the one to say that boxing's fixed. I hate those things when we get too far into it. But... To me, sometimes, and I'm, again, I'm taking it outside the context of watching the fight, but doesn't it kind of reek when two judges look like at each other at the end of the fight and go, I don't know, it's pretty close. Oh, shit, are we going to have another draw? Can I cheat off of your scorecard? Yeah, that'd be great. You definitely see the judge being like, I'm not grateful to be walking on my both knees. That has nothing to do with how excited <laughs> I am or my decision. Why would you ask that? It's like, we didn't ask it. So, what? <laughs> so Kev, yesterday we got uh, Canelo winning uh, by one fifteen, one thirteen, with two of the judges, and the one judge had it as a tie. Now, when you have sixty six percent of respondents who say that it is a robbery, there is a large component of people who robbery. felt even if they didn't see Triple G win that fight. They might be the people who argue maybe he won the 12th round or maybe the fact that he threw more punches should be 
maybe a little bit more statistically considered. But Canelo, I will say this on my own interpretation, he actually looked much better than he did in the first fight. I still don't know that that's grounds to say, oh, yeah, he's winning this fight. But he definitely looked like he was giving a much better fight. Honestly, Kev, I would have felt better saying at least this time, like, eh, this feels a little more like a draw. But instead, we got what we got. So anyway, Kev, that is what's happening in the world of boxing. Yeah, I am so upset that I am not enthralled with that. I feel like such a one-dimensional mixed martial arts BJJ fan because I'm not wildly crazy about boxing. I enjoyed watching Connor do it. I didn't love most of, like, I obviously remember it in the 90s, and I feel like the same with wrestling. It's just like, damn it, I try to care. I try to care. I do my best. Yeah. Here's the interesting thing, though, Kev, is that... Yeah, I mean, I understand that once, twice a year, maybe, at most, i got a little time for boxing. So I'll play around and I'll say, like, all right, let's watch this event. But I can't get excited about it consistently just because it's just not something that seems fun to do all the time. So anyway, Kev, when I tell you this, that last week uh, we had ourselves looking at one uh, you know, pretty set of good fights over in, in Russia, but that it actually made us question, wait a second. Did I just say that Herb Dean almost let someone die? Well, right now I'm sending you uh, this over on your, uh, your messenger, Kev, and I want you to just kind of walk us through what you're saying because some would describe it as, oh my God, this fight needs to be stopped and it's Metal involving one cb dollar mma lucy is quite upset yeah. about this business lucy is not happy about herb dean's role in this i'm watching fight oh that I guy just runs right, right at him what is happening who oh dollaway oh i'm so yes. sorry he's just on his back not doing great it's never great when no. a fighter just grabs his head and like gets into the fetal position typically that's my experience okay i would stop this fight right around now if uh, i were herbeth deneth because i'm watching this fighter just hit this cb fight back no no okay one more chance. Oh, you just rolled over <laughs> on your stomach. That's a fun decision. Um, Hammerfist. Hammerfist. Herb Dean. Herb, what are you waiting for? Is this a limp body bout? Is this a new rule set I don't know about? Uh, it's not. Mm, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry that God. you're having to experience oh, his this, but it's corner just threw in a chair. He's beating CB Dalloway with a chair. Oh, Herb Dean finally got him <laughs> off. Thank God. Okay, it was the chair that did it. Wow. <laughs> Wasn't expecting it to require a chair ref. Here's the, I guess, uh, shocking part of this aspect, which is Herb Dean basically allows him to stand back up or sit back up on the chair. And he goes, Can you sit up? Can you can you sit up? Because if you can't sit up, I'm gonna go ahead and call this fight. And it's like, oh my god, you could have called this fight like nine years ago. We good, dude. 
they well, they're finally in the cage, and Herb's like, "I guess we could stop it." He just called it. It's been seven minutes since everyone entered the cage, including doctors. And Herb Dean's officially ready. Jesus, Herb, come on, buddy. Everybody wants to retire a human being here, so that's a lot. That's a bad call. Is this the our segue into the UFC Russia? Yes, it is, sir. Raf, before we do that. I want to talk about mm. something that's near and dear to Lucy's heart. It's near and dear to my heart. It's near and dear to <laughs> your heart. You got to go over to NorthSouthJujitsu.com. You've heard us talking about gear all evening. You want to look like the no-gi person you were meant to be? Do you want to keep your milkshake protected while you're in the gi? NorthSouthJujitsu.com, where it... It's a superior product to everything you've tried. Yeah, It's just the definitely. best way I can describe it. I'm hitting you with a serious, I don't have anything clever. It's better than what you think it is. I I just still love them. I'm such a big fan. And I wear them constantly. I really enjoy them for anything from working out to yoga. Because uh, I could like I just want to get into these hips were made for rocking. But that's it's not even the right <laughs> word. And if you're feeling that heat wave hitting or you're under some duressful, just you've been trying to train for that fourth time. I'm in Denver, so it's been like 95 degrees. Uh, Raph, how's California? The warm? California, you know, today you walked outside and you felt like mm, it's a little warm outside. And I'm like, is summer supposed to be over? Because I'm not. I feeling thought it this was. Right yeah. Denver really pulled a tee. So proven nutrition has been getting me through the last few. I did a bike ride this morning. It was like, uh, I need professional help. Popped open the core, felt immediately better. Provennutrition.com. Nutritional beverage mixes for sustained energy and enhanced focused. Everything from the packaging to the unbelievably healthy ingredients. It's all well thought out. It's all proven. Provennutrition.com. Run further, train harder. Raf. Mm. There. I forgot. I interrupted you as we were segueing out. Were we headed to Las Vegas, <laughs> California? No, we were going to stick with UFC Russia. I'm jumping. We out. were not yet. We were going to stick it, with UFC Russia. Just like I teased it with Herb Dean killing a guy. Can't we? I want you to also feel <laughs> like we allow people okay. to feel the way through this. That's well, all. We don't know where Las Vegas is, but first, let's talk about UFC Russia. <laughs> all right. So this happened way too early for my tastes, if I'm being honest. Kev, it was a full day of a lot of MMA coverage for your good friend, Rafa Sparza. I woke up somewhere around 9. My wife's leaving. She very nicely asked. She goes, are there any fights tonight? And I go, well, there's a boxing thing you know, tonight. She goes, any UFC? I go, like right now? And she goes, oh, you didn't. You didn't wake up for them, and I was like, I mean, they're in Russia, so oh, let's see. And I turned it on, and they were okay. I want to start by saying this <clears throat> very tough loss for our good friend, Terry and Flashware. You know, it's one of those things. Uh, he's already posted, he's in good health, it's fine, but uh, it was a tough fight, my man. So we'll start with that one to begin, okay. 
There's also a few things I, I think you need to be informed about. Andre Olovsky, his nose is not in a great place. And I'd like to say that it was all worth it for the road less taken, that is his nose. Very sad to report lost yesterday's fight to Shamil. And it's <laughs> like that three name. names. And- Say that name. No, I'm looking <laughs> at the card results, Raf. Say that name to me. Uh, okay, it's Shamil Paula Abdul Kermov. That's, that's way that's better than I think I would have done. It's I'm Derek Kimov. He. It sounds. It sounds like a Game of Thrones, like the Akbarian, whatever it is. Absolutely. So what I'm trying to get to, Kev, he won by decision. A- was the decision solely based? Like, was it Arlovsky's nose that was the judge? Our last few knows was like, he wins. <laughs> that fucking hurts. So we had, I think it was, uh, it was a Dan Hardy who just goes at a certain point. He goes, well, he's uh, getting punched a whole bunch in the nose, but that doesn't matter. He doesn't have one anyway. So, you know, that, that, that's some good stuff to see. So aside from CB Dalloway dying, which by the way, and I want to make sure people really understand where we stand on this. CB Dalloway was the last fight of the preliminary card on Fight Pass. So when Fight Pass breaks up the two, you got the preliminary card and you got the main card. Now you would think they put them as the same video. No, you sometimes have to watch one so the preliminary card ends and then you have to go to the main card in a completely different video. It's stupid. I understand. I think they do it for numbers reasons or some other bullshit. But you're supposed to go log in to that video that just pops up. So when you see the very last fight before you're supposed to go transition to the other broadcast being everybody not knowing what to do and if CB Dalloway died, it's a really awkward way to end a broadcast, Kevin. It, awkward is one way to put it. You know, just another great <laughs> reminder of UFC's less pay-per-view quality is how I think ad executives will put it. But there's me. definitely a moment where they just kind of, I'm pretty sure even the people working at the UFC Fight Pass offices like, go, this goddamn fight, please. This is fucking so, so Herb, he did. are you okay? What did CB do to you? <laughs> No one's asking how Herb Dean was. Thank you, Kevin. I think that's probably the best thing you could have done. We know how CB uh, is. Snack rate. It's and that's the worst part is no matter what you feel about CB Dalloway and his ridiculous antics, uh, that's not fun to watch. So I'm just saying this. Now, going into this week, Okisi Olinik is somebody who has gotten those uh, Ezekiel's those Nogi Ezekiel's you know he, he's gotten it from while he was mounted he's hit it like two or three times in the UFC he's a big guy right he's a five big man <laughs> well he was telling people and people thought it might be some misdirection but he was saying that there's no way he's going to be able to really do that at the very least to one uh Mark Hunt because he big was essentially what he was arguing. Okay? Yeah. Now, I'm with him on that part. What I'm not with, though, Kev, is there's a weird moment when you see Mark Hunt fight that you go, man, I hope things go well for him. I, I hope that he he's still in the game. He's a puncher. 
he's definitely in there. But when it got to the ground, I don't say this often with a lot of people, but I definitely, when you saw that uh, Mark Hunt was getting taken down, I go, oh, no, no, that's not fair. That's not fair that you guys do the ground stuff. He doesn't know how to do that. That's mean. He hates it. Does he look like he likes it? He gets so bummed. (laughs) I can tell you this, that I don't very often yell at my TV, no, mean, come on, uh, when it comes to fighters in any regard. However, Kev, I'm now sending you on your Facebook a little bit of what that fight looked like with the one-minute clip on uh, the Instagram. Meanwhile, for you guys who didn't get to see it, essentially Mark was winning a little bit of the striking exchange. He seemed to be knocking him around. He was even getting some leg kicks in there. And there were a couple leg kicks that later that Olenek said in the post-presser. He said, you know, if I had taken about three or four of those, um, I don't think I'd be standing here anymore. So he, he knew that he had to make an impression very quickly. Now, Kev, this is probably about the time that you're seeing some one might call rudimentary grappling sort of lessons. I'm hitting. Sorry, it took just an extra second. <laughs> We're here. Not a problem. It, oh, you sorry, might they've got writers on the store playing. I have to hit mute on that. Damn it. <laughs> what you might be seeing is a little bit of. What you know, I see is once her Dean judging down, again, which makes me nervous. Oh, here we go. We're swinging. We're swinging. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He took... Mark. Mark, get out of there. Mark, not your back. Uh-oh. Oh, he tapped out. Riders on the Storm to a uh, gay dance club beat, <laughs> which I would have loved to dance to that in Zigfields. Raph, what am I mm-hmm. looking at? Oh, oh, Olenek just really puts him to school. Is it maybe... This is tough for Mark Hunt. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of rude in the sense that I'm not sure that the UFC wants to sign him back again. They had expressed some interest, and you do have to wonder, considering that he does have a lawsuit with them, if he wants to sign back with them, especially when he's going to try and sue them, because everybody fights the steroids, except for Okisis, or at least to our knowledge. So, it's a rough time. I don't know, man. He might have to test some some uh open agency or free agency waters but hey man mark is a very fun person and you know it's kind of sad when you see that in the week yes he was making fun of noted steroid users allegedly uh wandale silva and fabricio verdum and when wandy saw him lose he basically said hey you fat ugly white belt (laughs) fuck you which i mean rude but we're not fighters so anyway, Kev, that was essentially all you needed to know from the Russia over the weekend. Well, that and I heard the judges really struggled to influence because during the match they kept getting these random alerts from different MMA <laughs> news sites they'd never heard of that were like, hey, I think this guy's winning. Hey, I think Olenek's winning. Hey, I think Olenek's winning. Just what I heard. So the judges might have been mm-hmm. influenced by a series of anonymous random sources that all of a sudden wake up at two in the morning and type for Ted Cruz and then a Linux. Look, <laughs> wow. UFC Russia was a great success, as was on an invitational, which mm. I I had a lot of fun. Which uh, this is just a teaser if you were here for the Las Vegas California part because we got to get to Las Vegas California real quick. Tito versus Chuck. 
Rap on the way. I lost my I lost my championship UFC belt. Mm. Wait. How? No, it wasn't me. It was Henry Cejudo. He lost oh. it along with his luggage when he came back. What the f? <clears throat> we had one person who responded when we posted this who said can he go five minutes without bringing up the fact that he has gold medals and gold championship or anything gold? And I said, to be fair, I wouldn't. And I feel that's true. And it's, it just bothers me a little bit. <laughs> like there's a Boy, Kevin, br- listen, bring it a metal, with you. Put it on your see. fucking belt. Are you kidding? <laughs> I kind of see losing a medal because it's a little smaller misplacing a ginormous belt seems well maybe you special you know right and he does seem to have a problem with this it's not the first time he's done it so there's evidence to suggest they suck ass at this so hey you never know you never know what we're going to find next time on the old Cejudo chopping block, but I hope it has a UFC belt attached to it and he paid the money to get it back or whoever the f- has it, but he should at least list the airline. Las Vegas, California, rap. I didn't see it. I couldn't stomach Tito versus Chuck News. What happened? I'm sorry, Kevin. I mean, I sent you this video and okay, it hurt to make. But I knew I had to do it. The article comes in and it's from Middle Easy. And they are the ones to clue me in on this. But the article says that Tito Ortiz claimed in the middle of the press conference in which both he was making weird slurring noises and couldn't quite get through unnatural pauses and Chuck Liddell was awful. But Tito Ortiz claims that he's going to be fighting in Las Vegas, California at the forum. Now, here's where I know I get a little concerned about our fans. Somebody tagged one of their friends on our, you know, Facebook and one of the persons goes, I don't see what's wrong with this. Another person goes, um, Las Vegas, California isn't a real place. And he goes, Oh shit. I didn't even realize that, which tells me, that some people might be so indoctrinated to Tito Ortiz's dumbness that it doesn't even register even naturally smart and regular human beings. Like, I think it just, you know, it's the opposite of a dog whistle. You just kind of go, nah, I can't hear it, dude. Sorry. I've just tuned him out for so long. So anyway, um, it gets up there and here's why it's confusing. Kevin, the reason why it's confusing, whatever, he sounded sure, Raph. Are you, I mean, are you sure? I think it's a town. <laughs> the thing that makes me a little upset about it is the fact that you have Tito Ortiz, who gets up there, and with all of his gusto in trying to shit talk and actually get in Chuck Liddell's face, and he looked like he was trying to punk him in a stare down, and like Chuck Liddell had no time for it unfazed is the nicest way of saying it. But when he got around to saying everybody Las Vegas California the forum November 24th 
here's what the problem is. So they were connected. Golden Boy Promotions was also doing the Canelo Triple G fight. So it makes sense. They're going to do a press conference uh, for their other thing, which is their foray into MMA while they're in Vegas. So I think Tito's brain, and this is a rough thing to do, is to try and break up what he's thinking. I think conceptually he was telling the people, Las Vegas, am I right? He just forgot the transitionary language that said, Las Vegas, you won't see us fight soon. That's going to be in California, Los Angeles, Inglewood, the forum, November 24th. That's what people do when they use complete and full sentences, Kevin. Which people? Because <laughs> that's not uh, what every person does. Maybe people I'm just saying, a little less time getting pushed in the head professionally in the 80s. And that's, again, we have a lot of people making a lot of excuses. Like, we had one Kevin, person you ch- saying... Did you mean in the 80s? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> we, had a, we had a lot of people who were trying to defend them and going, eh, it's not that bad. And I was like, no. If that was one of your friends, you would never let them live it down and would give them shit. That's what we're doing. And yes, there was a person, Kevin, who was very angry at even the mention of Middle Easy or us. I don't really know who it's directed to. Maybe all the haters who said, hey, suck it up, you bitches. These people, they sacrificed and they deserve to make this money. And you know what? I'm not stopping them from making money. But if they're going to say and do some dumb shit that's completely a cash grab, we are expected to call that shit out because guess what? Will we watch that fight? That's a good question. Kevin, will you watch that fight? Probably. I mean, what it's going to be out on YouTube seconds after it happens. <laughs> I Not, I don't know that I'll make a point to get to it, but I also don't trust Bellator that it's going to be pay-per-view. You know how they it's are. It's not Bellator. It's Golden Boy. So it is going to be I'm a sorry, pay-per-view. What? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. why. So this is, this is, you know, Oscar De La Hoya, who, by the way, also said he's can very seriously, uh, very, very seriously considering a run at being president. Uh, so, can we steer Oscar De La Hoya back into this fight? Maybe, maybe, maybe he wants to join. It's like Oscar, you can go be a third, like be a referee with yeah, one glove. I don't know, but damn, like we should have sold Trump the bills, and I don't think we should do I this. Mean, Come yeah. on, Oscar. So anyway, guys, this is this is why it's, it's sad. It's you want to get excited about it. I hope they make money. That sounds great. Can Fighters throw, need more opportunities. Can we throw some congrats out? Because I don't want to talk about that fight anymore. <laughs> Until You're, one of them drops out because of hip dysplasia. On it, Invitational. I watched PJ Barch pull off an awesome heel hook. I watched Keith Krikorian's nice ass pull off what well, he was nice slash his. I don't know how I said it. I'm going to do that take again. I watched Maybe. Keith Krikorian's nice, sweet ass. No, that's worse. I watched oh, Keith Krikorian do a heel hook. It was amazing. What an awesome uh, time to tune in because you retweeted it. Thanks. Follow us, by the way. Verbal Tap Cast. You can find all these nuggets <laughs> that Raph's regurgitating for you socially. And I did. I watched the championship fights. They were great. All right. Let's... um. Let's talk about a little bit of the on it. So first of all, uh, Keith looked great. PJ looked great. Uh, 
amazing performances all around. I want to give a big shout out to my friends, uh, Mona. Mona is a teen sensation. She didn't win yesterday, but she had a very solid showing. Uh, Kev, Mona is like a teenager, and she's got it all together. She is just phenomenal at jiu-jitsu. Uh, put it together a really fun match yesterday. So, again, Mona's awesome. Uh, our good friend, uh, Jorge. Jorge, as you may know, is uh, the guy from, I believe it's Samurai Swag. He's one of the main components behind that. So, uh, SamuraiSwag.co. And uh, if you've ever seen me wear my Will Grapple for Tacos t-shirt, that is the guy I got it from. And also, uh, my good friend uh, Derek Garza from the Dark Clan. Both Jorge and Derek came away with big wins yesterday and completely different types of matches that were equally awesome to watch. And those three individuals, when I went out to Texas for the On Invitational and EBI, I think it was 14 could not have been nicer hosts. So there's nothing that I love more than watching some of the friends who were so especially nice to me uh, go have some great performances there. So now that I've said that out of the way, Kev, let's talk commentary. Okay. All right. I think it's I think it's important to note here. Kids, listen, I love the Ana Invitational. Okay. It's a great event. It gives a lot of opportunities to a lot of up-and-coming grapplers. Some you've heard of, some you may not have. And I think it's important that somebody like, you know, put something on for Texas because they may not always get a ton of grappling opportunities or showcases. But I think it's pretty awesome. They've got a very strong emerging scene out there. Having said that, uh, Uncle Hinach was doing commentary with another individual or two. And it wasn't great, is a, a very accurate way of putting it. Now, Kev, do you know why it wasn't great? I can tell you why it wasn't great for me. Okay. I couldn't tell you. Look, character comedy is hard to do. So hmm. is commentating on grappling. Combining the two of them is a lot of talent required and commitment to a bit that I think is best in short jabs. So that to me is where I stood and I was like, I have no idea what he's saying. Who's it? What's the accent? It's gross. It's a little, you know, the, the Portuguese, a little, little bit of that. And, you know, the Brazilian. Here's what it is, guys. Uh, listen, uh, Hanach, very funny as uh, its own separate entity when it comes to commentating the one thing that i think is important to remember is that i think it works best when you're trying to explain the actions of things that are going on now having said that kevin there was an audio delay of about 25 seconds from the action to what was being seen on the screen or, or some version of that and kev i've done commentating and i've done events where something goes wrong and it totally is understandable. My note is more to do with tone because I don't feel that when you are doing something that is based on the athletes, that it's respectful to the athletes to be necessarily not talking about the matches again, do as you please. (laughs) It's fun. There's different ways. We don't always have to be stuffy. I think it's important to mix it up here and there. But man, yesterday there was talk of movies. 
for no less than <laughs> 50% of the matches that had nothing to do in context with what was going on. Now, I say that with respect to, again, understanding there were some technical difficulties. I'm sure they had to deal with those up front. But I think the best way you address that is you just be honest with the audience and you tell them, hey, we're experiencing some difficulties. We're going to do the best that we can. And you do it. But if they didn't know and it has nothing to do with that and they were just talking about movies instead of talking about the matches, it's going to get kind of weird when those individuals who participated in that on an invitational go back home and say, man, I wonder what they said about me. <laughs> oh, I was – that was not a prominent part of this conversation. All right. Well, that was cool. Thanks, guys. Hey, just a polite <laughs> reminder. Verbal Tap as a commentary team is available. We are <laughs> professional. We have some experience between the two of us, uh, Rav, more than I, but I've done it. So look out. And frankly, people normally know what accent I'm using. That's just another polite uh, jab at whoever is in the accent department. Raph, we need to go do some chatting up. Talk. I think we got everything, right? Uh, I think that's it. I mean, that's all I'm going to talk about. Damn, that now. was a blast. All right. Mm. Uh, find us soon for what will be the interview of a lifetime with Tim Freeman, who's here to brag about achieving our life dream. Can't wait. And I have the weed pipe nice and close because Raph told me who tonight's guest was. Raph, you ready? Uh oh. Mm -hmm. Record. All right. So there's an interesting thing that happens every once in a while, Kev. Mm -hmm. And you and I, when we first started the show, we've always lived in different places, correct? That is factually accurate. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that we talked about when we were first branding out the show was you know what we need? We need a, a verbal tap studio that yeah. also doubles as a gym. Money. That's, that's what we need. Right. Well, I mean, there's that and drive and there's a whole bunch of other stuff. But we had always agreed that we should have a studio where we do the same kind of mat space where we go, hey, we should train. And that should be it. But the problem of us always living away has kept us from making that dream happen, as well as other things that you just mentioned there. I can happy report to you that our good friend senor tim freeman from the inside bjj podcast is living the dream and now has his own place now tim i need to ask you this question is this called the inside bjj gym it is yeah it's the God. inside bjj Dude. academy academy uh. it's an academy Oh, it sounds good. Damn it, that sounds really good. I'm going to be upset about this the rest of the episode, Tim, but I do want you to know I love this. This is amazing. <laughs> Great. We'll just have a love fest tonight. Jim. Tell us everything. Tell us about opening a gym. It's, uh, in, well, first of all, I had to An name it Inside BJJ Academy because I, you know, I have to be called Professor, so it's got to be an academy or I can't be called Professor. Any bonehead can run a gym. You know, but, uh, no, yeah, dude, it's, uh, it's been great, man. We, uh, we decided to do it and, and I was trying to figure out a name. I'm like, what should I call this place? And my problem in the jujitsu world is there's all these fancy names and then there's like the not so fancy names, you know, where they sure. just combine two words. <laughs> Sounds like, uh, you know, a, a bad outtake from Step Brothers. Um, 
but uh, Jaguar pterodactyl BJJ. Exactly, exactly. You get it. You know what I'm saying. And so uh, I thought, well, I, you know, inside BJJ, like it, it already has some kind of uh, infamy, you know. And so people know the name a little bit. So uh, why not just use that as the name of the school? So we called it Inside BJJ Academy, and it worked out pretty good. Like it, it's, you know, a lot of people already recognized it, and people were down with it. The 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 weird thing about jujitsu school names is. When you put BJJ in the name, a lot of people don't know what BJJ means, and it has like an odd, it's a little, it's like one letter past something that has an odd connotation, you know? So that's yeah. a little bit of a, a struggle once in a while, but it's good, man. We just opened we, up in July, and it's been awesome. We've joked about your name being penetrated BJJ at times and <laughs> yeah, other sorts yeah. of unflattering names on this show. Sometimes and, and more specificity. Part... That would be my bad. <laughs> <laughs> the, the hard part for us, though, is that we see you do this. And uh, first of all, congratulations. Opening a gym is not an easy task. But the hard part for me is I think if Matt, is hearing this, he's like, hey, buddy, I've been on this, too. So does he just, like, show up and go, like, hey, I'm just going to take a water bottle out of this uh, refrigerator because 50% <laughs> of that show, bitch. Yeah, Matt, uh, he, he, definitely has, uh, he definitely has access to the gym. Uh, but, you know, he's got a lot of things going. And uh, the great thing about Matt is when he shows up, you never know who he's going to show up with. It's not necessarily Matt. It's the guy that he brought with him. You know what I mean? Sure. And Matt's, Matt's like the, uh, he's like the jujitsu mother Teresa. You know, he always comes in with somebody who's a little bit down and out on their luck. Well, they have to be if they're hanging out with Matt. You know, you know what I'm right. saying? Right, right. You know what I mean, right? So uh, he rolls in and he's always got <laughs> someone good. So it's, it's usually appreciated. He stretches in the corner for a little bit. They do a, a three-minute round with a new guy or one of the smaller females, and then he's out for the night. So he's doing just, great. Well, good, and kudos to him. I just like to think that I think all these down-and-out and downtrodden folks have essentially the Nick Fury pager and that on the other <laughs> side of that. That's Matt Freeman who just looks down and goes, nah, what's this <laughs> cocksucker want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on. David Mitchell needs me. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, let's get down to how did this all happen? Why did this happen? Because we're down in different areas. I'm in SoCal. Kevin is in Denver. So we're never going to go there. So. Right. Until we move to Utah like, and just make it work. We'll keep everybody right. posted. But to us, we need to know all the things that we would know if we were walking into your gym. So, like. Tell us the background. Why did it happen? How did it happen? And well, what would okay. we see? If yeah. So, I mean, as if probably with just about any jujitsu gym, you know, that's opened up, there's usually some drama before or after the opening of the gym. And of course, mine should be no different. But uh, originally, you know, I thought a long time ago, when I was, uh, you know, kind of a little bit newer into jujitsu and sitting at my desk and working and doing my day job stuff, I would think, man, I'd really like to have a jujitsu school. That'd be awesome. I could be the big tough guy in the class, beat everybody up, have a bunch of students, and they'd pay me for it, right? Like, whoa, that's like a, you know, pretty cool. 
and the longer you do jujitsu, the more shitty you realize you are. And you're like, I'm never going to be that guy. And then when you get to that point, you're like, I'm really not that guy. <laughs> but, you know, I helped out a lot in gyms. I helped teach classes. I put a lot of time in just kind of like, you know, doing it because I loved it. And eventually I made the choice to kind of branch out. And I had a partner. Originally I had a partner for a while. And we, we kind of had a thing going and it, and it was good. And it was one of those things where it's like running super good. And it's, and it's either going to be like, holy shit, this is like the Michael Jordan of shit right now. Or there's going to be a spectacular um, disaster because it can't run that well. And um, of course, it's a spectacular disaster. But out of that came the Inside BJJ Academy. So uh, it was a little bittersweet and it didn't take place exactly like, you know, you think it's going to happen when you're sitting in your cubicle daydreaming about it, but, sure. uh, I'm still really grateful for it nonetheless. And, you know, it's kind of like a situation where we took lemons and we made lemonade, but it turned out to be way better than lemonade. So I'm really grateful for that. So we, uh, basically what we did is I said, well, fuck it. I'm going out on my own. Uh, I have a black belt, you know, in the gi from professor Sergio Silva and I wanted to have a no gi program. And I've known a lot of Tenth Planet dudes for a while, so I hit up Casey Halstead, who has uh, got a bunch of Tenth Planet gyms, uh, got the big one in Las Vegas, and I've known Casey for a while. I really view Casey as, a, as like a mentor to me. And I hit him up, and I said, Casey, like this, this is kind of what I think I want to do. I want to have a jiu-jitsu school with the gi program will be one lineage, and the no-gi program will be Tenth Planet, and we'll just rock it out and see what happens, and... Casey was like, do it, you know? So I, <laughs> I just, I didn't trust myself. I'm like, dude, I don't know, but I trust Casey. I'm like, well, Casey's pretty smart. Like he's not a fuck up. So if, if he thinks it'll work, it'll probably work. So I, I hit up Eddie Bravo and I said, Hey man, I want to do this. And you know, I didn't ask, I, I really didn't want it to be like anything special i wanted to just go through the same thing that everybody else would have to go through to open up a 10th planet affiliate for the nogi program and eddie was cool about that and i had to get qualified just like everybody else and go through it and, and it was kind of tricky because you know i've been training for a long time i got a black belt in jujitsu but i'm also 40 years old i got a lot of other things going on i got kids and a wife and and a, an amazing jujitsu podcast right it takes up all my time and so I was trying to learn all this qualification stuff. And as I got to that point where I'm like, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. Like, why am I doing this? I'm videotaping myself and watching it and just criticizing myself. At the same time, I made that crucial decision in life where you're like, God damn it. I'm going bald. I'm just going to cut all my hair off. So I, I did that at the same time. <laughs> wow. wow. And the problem is that. I'm watching all these videos of myself doing these techniques and I'm like, God damn, my technique sucks. Like that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. God damn it. I'm bald. That's bald. That's bald. That's bald. So it's like, it's really rough, dude. It was, I had, I had to uh, really, really look myself in the mirror and give myself uh, a pep talk and, and tell myself that I basically had to stock and flap myself yeah. and, uh, you know, pulled it together, got through it, got qualified, you know, put up the gym and it's like, uh, the thing I've noticed with 10th planet is there's like a bunch of secret, it's like communism. Like there's a bunch of secret communists everywhere. <laughs> there's a bunch of secrets. There's a bunch of secret 10th planet dudes hanging out everywhere. And when you throw up the sign, 
they start fucking coming out from like all these secret places they're at. You know, they start taking their regular clothes off and they have rash guards underneath and like the foot clan, and they're ready. You might say yeah. if you're a ninja turtle. Yeah. Like let's just all remember their uniforms even kind of look right. at they're just those masks mm-hmm. short of really being there. Exactly. So I was I was surprised by that. Like, who are you, dude? Like, I've never met you. And Stockton's one of those towns where you kind of know everybody in the jujitsu world. I guess I didn't know everybody. There's a lot of undercover 10th Planet dudes chilling. And so it's kind of nice that there's a home for them. And so they showed up, uh, a lot of gi students. So we're, we're doing it both, man. And it's been challenging for me to learn all the new stuff. And, like, I got that weird pressure where you go – I'm training Nogi and I feel like I have to do rubber guard, you know, like mm-hmm. my rubber guard sucks, but I feel like I have to do it because it's 10th planet jujitsu. Like I have to do a rubber guard. So I'm kind of, kind of going through all that shit, but it's been really good. Well, I'm glad that you survived your 2008 Britney Spears sort of ordeal that was going <laughs> on there. Dude. And you know, I feel like a dick cause I was really, really mean to her. You know what I mean? And now I know what she was going through. <laughs> Except but, I didn't have a seven fetter line to fucking comfort me. You know what I'm saying? Listen, uh, here's the worst part is, is like, I know your wife. She's an amazing human being. So, so like, she doesn't get yeah. <laughs> on it. Like, I, I will 100% bypass any of those jokes. But I will say this. <clears throat> when this is all happening, and I see just the, the makings of you doing what was something that Kevin and I, like, from the onset being like, we need a verbal tap fucking gym and it's like kevin and i go done as soon as we're in the same city no you're staying yeah i'm staying here i'm not i'm not going (laughs) then like i'm thinking of like all the podcasts to brand themselves into doing this i go really it's gonna be those that it's up north in a way Mm, raf it feels like we had rented the commercial space and gotten the banner (laughs) and like two days before (laughs) he slapped it up inside bjj and like to really rub some salt in was like featuring 10th Planet Nogi program. It was like, oh. Was a, my fucking Asshole. branch of the fucking jujitsu world wasn't safe enough to make the full gi <laughs> from the Jean-Jacques side <laughs> and the Nogi from like, oh, I don't know, the Jean-Jacques side of the tree. Make that work as easy as possible. And Tim's just like, gi is nice. But can I have some of that special sauce, Eddie? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. here's the nice thing, dude. I'm glad that things have turned around. And and I don't think there's any gym, to my knowledge, that if you were to read a kid's book and say, like, how the gym formulated, that wouldn't have a few pages that you kind of gloss over when telling it to kids and going, like, and everything was great. And everyone trained Uncle, together. <laughs> Uncle Tim had to take a quick break out back, and then he came back. <laughs> So as you're doing this now, I, I'm so interested to find out, like you said that all these people came out of the woodwork from the 10th planet side, you know, what are things that are surprising you about having a gym? Because you have to do all of the annoying things that come along with actually having a gym. Like it's fun in theory. I would love to have a speakeasy and like tell people like <laughs> show up one day a week at like 40 minutes in past the hour. And we roll for an hour, but we don't tell anybody. But that's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think surprise-wise, I mean, 
it's it's a little bit uh, interesting when it comes to like you have an academy and you have a bunch of people and you have to make like I guess the thing I wasn't totally prepared for is like dealing with the different types of personalities that are in your gym. So you got to kind of understand, you know, who's where and what they're what what this guy's goal is versus what this person's goal is. That's a little tricky as an instructor because you kind of think like, Hey, you know what? It's just all about jujitsu. I love jujitsu. I'm just going to, all I need are some mats and I'll throw it down and I'll teach some jujitsu and we'll beat the shit out of each other and we'll all be happy. And then you realize like not everybody's there for that. And there's going to be a bill, you know, that comes up at the beginning of every month and you got to pay that to keep the, to keep that space and keep the lights on. And you know, how do you keep your integrity with your technique and what you're doing, but also don't ostracize somebody because they're 53 years old and they don't feel like doing go-go, go-go clinches on each other all night. You know what I'm saying? So like kind of finding that balance and understanding where that's at, I think is a, is a challenge. And then, you know, the rest of it is just the day-to-day grind of de- of running a jujitsu gym. And everybody has said, I've had so many people come on the podcast and I've asked them the same question. Like what's the surprise, you know, and they all, kind of say the same shit and it's the business side of it is like totally different than the jujitsu part of it and i think that's the part that is bittersweet because you realize like when you're just slapping hands and rolling everybody's mostly chill obviously there's always that guy in the room that you're like fuck him he's not going to tap me there's always that kind of shit but it's mostly chill like everybody's cool and we're 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 training and going hard and having a good time but then you know when like you really get to know people through the business aspect of it and sometimes it's a little more disappointing than what you would expect, you know, and you got to kind of deal with that. And I guess when you open a gym, you know, or you, or you move on from a gym, you got to get used to having a little bit of blood on your hands. And that kind of sucks because you just is the thing that we really love and it feels good and it's fun to do. But I think people got to realize the dude that's keeping like the place open, he's making a little more sacrifice in terms of his emotional well-being, keeping that spot open. I guess if that makes sense. So it does, uh, especially in the challenge in teaching and running. It's just a lot of effort. There's a, a lot of daily grind in it, and I'm curious in terms of because I I want to flip the switch and turn. I've seen the academy. It looks really cool. What about the aesthetic? Was one of those tough details because you're cerebral and what you're picking. <laughs> So what was one of those things that kept you up? <laughs> okay. So it's like, I'll be honest with you. It's like, okay, we're, first of all, we're in Stockton. So it's like shithole central, right? So you're going to go, okay. Every 10th planet gym you go into is like dark with graffiti. Not everyone, but you know what I'm saying? That's like the general thing. Like the wall, it's all cool and dark and like super sweet, but like there's graffiti everywhere in Stockton. If you put that shit in your gym in Stockton, yeah, that's like nothing, right? It's like, oh, we're outside, great. So our idea was basically like, let's just have a really clean gym and let's be really nice to everybody and let's see how that works. And uh, so far, it's worked out really, really well. So aesthetically, it's like let's just make it look normal. Like let's have it look clean. Let's not try to be edgy. You can't out edge anybody in this town because it's so crazy. And, and, you know, you got so much craziness going on that I think people actually like having a spot they can come into. And it's like, oh, the bathrooms are super duper clean and the mats are super clean and like the windows are wiped down. And Tim went outside 
20 minutes before class and ran all the homeless dudes out of the parking lot. Like, it's, 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 <laughs> okay, it's, well, we have our next web short. Can we merge for that one? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, go. Warm up. Chase the guys out of the parking lot. No, <laughs> hey, that kid's you know, class is fierce. They've got to warm up the old-fashioned yeah. way. They'll People be, be like, like you have Tenth Planet warm-ups are <laughs> fucking fire. It's like, inside VJJ shit is Dude. real, guys. Dude, you haven't done a takedown until you've done a bum takedown. I'll just say that, man. <laughs> they're they're very good side to side. They have a lot of agility. They're b- bums are very scrappy. They're wiry. They're what? hard to hold down. Dude, they do a lot of unorthodox shit. My compliment to your gym, and this is one I, I trained at Jubera, Matt Jubera's academy out here in Broomfield. He has a similar sort of very pristine gray and white ensemble and it's like this sort of tank and i enjoy it quite a bit so i think it's a good i think it's a good way to yeah, go the, i have a follow-up question. the grand white's nice because i'm uh, oh i'm sorry go ahead buddy. no i hit sorry. me i mean <laughs> i i love this the to me this is the hardest part it's like what fucking mad design what do we get the walls do we do a lot of weird well, graffiti do we not do we try and uh you know okay, yeah exactly well it's like what are you gonna do is you, Banksy you're available? Go all white. There's a lot to think yeah, about. Yeah, you're gonna. How pretentious can I get? Like, do exactly. I want? Exactly. That's I want what I want to do. Like, I feel like the. I, yeah, it's like, do I want to look like Urban Outfitters or do I want to look like the Apple Store? I feel like that's what the Mendez brothers did, right? They're like, oh, just make it like the Apple Store. It does. Oh, look, there we go. Like, <laughs> I had not put that connection like, together. Pretty Apple story, especially with the art. Well, okay, Dude, you've crushed fucking, it now, though. I tried to go in there and make a genius appointment with Guy Mendez to fix my fucking iPad. God damn it. And he did, by the way. He did. And <laughs> still, we still showed some cool Baramola techniques. He's a multifaceted guy. Yeah. What's What's been the reward? What's the payoff then? Because you're putting in work. You're seeing it. What are the nice parts about this project that keep it worth it? You know what I think, dude? I mean, dude, it sounds, well, I mean, I come off like a sarcastic butthole, but it's just, just me messing around. But You're actually a way worse think, human um, being than people would even know. Yeah. So that's how he comes <laughs> off. It's like five levels yeah. above him. So yeah. <laughs> that's good. No, uh, I think, so when I started jujitsu, you know, I thought, well, I want two things. I want to get a blue belt because I figured if I get a blue belt, like, dude, that's, I'm legit. And I really wanted to just be accepted by the people in the room that were training because they were so good. And I looked up to them like, dude, these guys are terrible human beings, great grapplers. And I want to be a great grappler. Right. And so I, I really wanted to be respected by the people that I train with. And I think the reward has been seeing some of those guys that were in the room when I was a white belt, when it was my first day come train at my school, you know, and sit in the classes and be part of it. And that's been very rewarding for me because I feel like this, this whole thing came full circle in a way, not that it's over, but that, like, it's a new beginning and a lot of the same faces are there, but, you know, I've kind of like passed through that first level and uh, a lot of years have gone by a lot of time on the mats and it's really rewarding just to kind of feel like, wow, like I think I have that acceptance. Not that, I'm the best because obviously I'm not, but at the same time, just to be respected by your peers, it feels pretty good. That's good. I mean, you do share a certain tone that people have when they dream that they've seen their own funerals, but I mean, that's good. 
I'm glad that it's a positive. He's been working with Matt a while. That's what comes with it. I was trying to, I was trying to channel Sally Fields. Like they like me. They really like me. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, the nice part is you're now at the place where once you do get your black belt, they tell you you're on a completely different journey. What they don't say is you have to have a gym. So that in itself (laughs) at any belt level is its own journey. Um, But then to do it also with the Nogi aspect, that's super challenging because they're two different beasts. And as much as we love both of them in different ways, uh, you know, sometimes it is like you're fighting for custody between Gi and Nogi. And you're like, well, I got Nogi this week. Yep. Just gotta gotta look after it. <clears throat> Sorry, kids. No, no gee this week. So it it is a delicate <laughs> dance. Not everybody does it. Yeah, that's for sure. And is, well, hold here's on. The thing. Is the recording studio also in the pod in the gym? Have we? Dude, it not yet. I really that's would fine. like that. I, I really... understand. It's a lot of cords. <laughs> it's a lot of cords and Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. I it, I would I really what I'm thinking about doing is just putting a satellite set up there, right? Mm-hmm. And keeping the main one, but having another one set up. Just but, dude, the thing about Stockton, like I'm not even exaggerating, it'd probably get broken into, and all that shit would get taken. So yeah. the gym, although it's like really basic and really nice and like clean, we don't leave a bunch of expensive shit in there. You just can't. It's like. <laughs> You just can't. You're dumb. It's on you. It's on you if you do, and it gets taken. Everyone's like, "We told you, stupid." You got to know your audience, and if your audience will steal, you know, you just you keep it at home. (laughs) Yep, that's how it works. Not the students. I'm just saying. At night, (laughs) it's a risk that Kevin and I are willing to take. So, you know, do with it as you please. I just know that Kevin and I, we talk long and hard about it. We thought about all the pros and cons, and we said, you know, we're willing to take this risk. So go ahead and put it all in there. And if they <laughs> steal your stuff, that's fine. You just cease to exist. And then, you know, hey, we're the longest-running right. one What a there. biography. So, yeah. Dang it. <laughs> we, dang you, it. You can always have a monthly spot over here at your old friends at Verbal yeah. Tap. A call in. You could just, guys can just humiliate me. Remember your old podcast? Yeah, that was cool, huh? That you is ever hey, it? Yeah, all but, we uh, would say, just so you know. But can I, if, if we're going to go down the like shit talking route, before we get you on out of here, I just want to say one thing, which is this. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Can we talk shit about the Grappling Central podcast? Because <clears throat> you, like us, have put together podcasts. Like, we're weekly, your guys are mostly weekly, but, like, we've been doing it consistently over the past six and a half years, both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This motherfucker comes yeah. in, and he's already on episode 325, and I'm like, get the fuck out of fuck, here, dude. What is he doing, man? Like, calm what is he doing? Down. I see it's just every calm week down. there's a fucking new cartoon face, and it's like, <laughs> I want, who's drawing all the shit? He's got, like, an art department. No, that's I, his I, wife. He's married to the art department. Dude, it's, a, it's an HR violation you, like crazy. I tried to get a hold of that guy, and it was like I got run through the customer service department. I got ended <laughs> up with HR. It's like I couldn't even get a hold of him. No, I don't know what whatever that dude's doing, man. He's is he not is he not gainfully employed? Does he just do this every day? Or it seems like he puts out so, a lot of shows. I sent shirts. Does, I haven't yeah. heard back. Yeah. It's a full-on wedding invitation here's, nightmare over here. Here's the funny thing about Brian. Yeah. Like Ryan is actually the sweetest of us, which is why I feel that we need to be worse to him. But like oh, gotcha. he 
just like when I was looking around and I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, we're getting ready to do like our 300th episode. It's, we're pretty excited about it. And Ryan just goes, yeah, dude, I'm so excited for you guys. That's so great. I, I, I'm circling like 320 right now. And I'm like, you no, where, where the fuck did you come from? 320? Yeah. Sit down. No, 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 no. Yeah. Get in the line like the rest of us have been putting out consistent weekly episodes. And he's just like, oh, man, I love everybody and I love you guys. And it's like, shut the fuck up, kid. Yeah, Jesus. slow the fuck down. This is a union shop, all right? You're making us look really? bad. It's, it's just like, <laughs> hey, you know, I'll, and it's like, I feel I'll like say, you and I have to coordinate, like, are you guys taking a week off? Because, like, uh, we'll figure out if we're going to be on or not. Right. It gets to the point to where, like, your rival actually becomes your friend, and you're like, let's keep everyone else out of this bullshit. Like, this is ours. I think, um, 100%. you know... Six and a half years ago is like an eternity in podcast world, right? Because yeah. this show and then like Verbal Tap and CyBJJ and I think uh, oh, Paul at Open Mat kind of all started up like, you know, in, in the same time frame. It was interesting because yeah. I didn't even know who you guys, we didn't even know each other, right? And no. um, then podcasts got really crazy popular now. Like everybody's got a fucking podcast. But the thing that you know, that you guys know and that I know that Paul knows and people that do it for a while know is it's a fucking grind, dude. Like it's, it's easy to do 10 podcasts. Like you get through it. You're all feeling jazz and you get 20 and 30, but shit, when it's like, you know, December and it's cold and you're fucking tired and you don't have a guest and you're like, well, ah, just to put out a show. Like it's easy to quit, you know? Oh, so I just, it's, there's it's nothing a, I love more. Heart. That's well than said. The athletes. We talk about that a lot. That is, yeah, we do. it's a grind. But there's nothing I love Ten more than when the athletes like tell us they're like, "I'm going to start a podcast," and I'm like, "Are you? Can't wait. Come on, yeah. let us know. Can't wait for you." Yeah. And like, I love yeah. when they get the the kid gloves because you get people who tell them they're like, you know, their show's really fascinating. I was like, they spend an hour talking about zero things, but you know, yeah. each their own. I pull guard a lot. They that's get- all. I'm just saying. They, 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 they all do our different You'll get a big name, and they'll do like six or seven shows, and then they 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 jump past you in the iTunes, and you're like, God damn it! <laughs> if somebody would just put some resources behind this, it would be real. And you see that, and then you know, then they disappear. But it is what it is. What really what we're doing, and it sounds like a little corny, but I think it's really true. I think maybe when we look back, we'll have a better idea of it. If guys like us, we're self-documenting the rise of grappling and jujitsu in the United States. And historically, we're capturing a lot of interviews with people and we're capturing a lot of events that maybe seem lame to us now or not that important, but someday later might, might have an actual real value to somebody to be able to go back and listen to it and hear it as it happened. Because if, if, I think grappling's not going to get smaller, especially the Nogi grappling. If you're an American kid, and you're like this, you're like, okay, I'm 12 years old, um, raising whatever, you know, somewhere in the U S and I'm like, I want to do some martial arts. And I'm like, okay, this is what I could do. I could go to the Brazilian jiu-jitsu school in town and it's going to take me 10 to 15 years to get a fucking black belt. Right. And I'm going to get my ass beat and I got to put this gi on and I, I can only wear the Academy gi and all these rules and all this shit. Or I could be like Gordon motherfucking Ryan. I could get a black belt in five years. I could be banging bitches, put a fucking king hat on. My little brother will be slaying the punani. We'll be traveling around the world. We'll have an evil genius coaching us. Like, you're going no gi, dude. 
<laughs> Everyone's gonna just, go Nogi. It's it's I just it's gonna love, be bigger and bigger. I wish I disagreed. I just wish yeah. I disagreed with any part of that, but I don't. Well, I'm also at that phase now where, you know, we're in talks with the Smithsonian all the time and just saying, like, we'll get you the next <laughs> yeah. set of episodes. No big deal. Right. We're documenting it all here. I just think of it like <laughs> this. Everybody's got their own lanes. They can do whatever they want. But it's like, I just love when people come up to me and it feels like it happens more and more. Like, it used to be every couple months. Now it's almost on a weekly fucking basis. And the worst part is when people think that I'm shooting them down, I'm like, no, no, no. Just what do you do differently than we don't do? And they're always like, I don't know, man. My friends just like they feel like we're funny and we just take on topics. And it's like, oh, for the love of God, don't (laughs) don't do just that. Like have a format and and a thing that you do. Because that's yeah. when you know you'll be successful is if you know you can match what it is you're aspiring to do with what it is you're actually doing. So, you know, I mean, all power to it. And, like, all of us know each other. It's all within a five-family connection of calling each other and being I like, know. hey, hey, don't you book this motherfucker. This one's ours this week. The embargo <laughs> lifts in two weeks, and then you can talk to them all you want. So, yeah. anyway. Let's yeah, do this, my sure. man. You guys I believe do... you guys. Go ahead, man. Uh, I was just going to kick you out, but if you want to compliment us, that's fine. That's actually what I was going to tell you, man. Uh, I got to tell you guys, you guys are doing really well. And I think I went through a period where I was like, really felt competitive with verbal tap, like especially early on. I was like, who the fuck are these guys? And then it was just like kind of fun. But then sometimes I'm being like, how do they get fucking, you show up with, you're always everywhere, like fucking Raph's big heads and every fucking goddamn thing with a mic and he's talking to people. I'm like, goddamn him. I'm in Stockton. Stocks. Like, <laughs> bunch of bugs everywhere. Crime and graffiti. Fuck, dude. I can be a guy with a beard and glasses. I can do that shit, dude. Yeah, I know. But, but here's the thing. That's what everybody says. I can do that. I can do that. I can do this. I can do that. But you're the guy who's doing it. Right. So you, and you guys are the ones that are out there hustling and doing it. So I got mad. I got mad respect for that. And you guys definitely have, uh, have a very unique like niche and nobody can do what you're doing. And that's, what's pretty cool. And, and I think at the end of the day, like you're basically nice people. Kevin's, you know, needs help, but he's going to get there. <laughs> he's not wrong. I've been if, trying to get you, it. If you ever want to know the difference between yours and my podcast, I just like the fact that, like, when I went on your show and within two seconds you guys are calling Kevin a cocksucker, like, I'm just supposed <laughs> to get off the phone and go, well, Kev, um, you know, I didn't call you necessarily a cocksucker, <laughs> but maybe they might view me as complicit as not defending you more. It's for society to say, not for me. Um, you know, Tim, here's the thing. Because Kevin and I can't live out our dreams of having a gym, we couldn't be happier that you were putting in the work and showing us exactly how hard it is, which then crushes the dream. So that's why we're going to go ahead and pull for you to succeed because the nice part about it is you get to do the benefits of having the Gi, the Nogi program, giving Stockton a valuable resource because, I mean, let's face it, they love to fight and there's nothing better than teaching the people how to actually do it properly and maybe sometimes not always fight, you know? So anyway, we, we know you got to get out of here. But we always wish you guys continued success, even when every other episode we decide if we hate you or not. But I'm just glad that it's so amicable because there are still people to this day 
who ask me, and we're going to reveal this now, but there are still people to this day who ask me, and they're like, why do you guys not like Inside BJJ? <laughs> and my stock answer 100% of the time is they know what they did. And I usually mm-hmm. commit to such a very angry look in my face that they drop it because they think it's real. And then the handful mm-hmm. of people who follow both you and us just smile when they go, okay. Because they get it. So mm-hmm. anyway. Though we have yeah, a few I comments mean, of concern where it's like, why do you guys hate them so much? It's like, <laughs> well. Even yeah, from the guests. Like, that's the best. But it's from the guests. And we're like, oh, shut the fuck up. No one asked we you. We thought you guys were trying to dig each other. It's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> How does that sound? Like we have one a, person. Oh, go ahead. Mutual loathing. Mutual loathing. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're very honest about our loathing. And we also hate the Grappling Central podcast. Write that headline. BJJ Eastern Europe. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Tim, it's great to have you back on. We're going to let you get on out. I know you got stuff to do. We wish you continued success. Please feel free to hit us up if you guys are doing tournaments or you need things to plug because we're happy to send folks uh, to going to visit there. And if you motherfuckers are in Stockton and you're not visiting him, we'll know. Don't ask how, we'll but if you don't know all those secret shoppers who are secretly 10th planet individuals, just think of the people we have with ears and eyes all over the place who would tell us, yo, we didn't go to yeah. this place. Hey, real quick, too. Right before I jump off, we got a uh, Richie Boogie Martinez is going to do a seminar up here in November. Um, so you guys follow Inside BJJ. 10P Stockton. Inside BZ Academy, we'll have more info on it. Yeah, we got that coming up. So just finalizing the agreement, uh, trying to get him to do some breakdancing afterwards, and he's kind of refusing as part of his contract. We're trying to work that part out. No, dog, it's just, you know, it's it's just all love, you know? That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, dog. one love. love. I just want to roll. I just want to darce. All right. Exactly. Hey, thanks, guys, man. I really appreciate it. You guys are rad, not, dude. Not a problem, my man. Ladies and gentlemen. Tim Freeman. Inside BJJ Podcast. Yeah. Good night. Raph, I'm particularly upset he's recruited. I'm talking about Tim from Inside BJJ. Mm -hmm. He's recruited 10th Planet, Casey Mm -hmm. Alstead, Genius and Magician. You know, it's only a matter of time before we're going to see Brandon McCatherine out there just doing a seminar. Just so happy to be there. And I'm going to be so mad. Oh my God, y'all, I'm going to show you my favorite pass. And then I'm going to sing like an angel because that's just what I do. (laughs) Shut up, Brandon. I don't want to see it. Anyway, genius moves Mm -hmm. on their part because, damn, they are uh, some fun people. And I, this was just an enjoyable, (laughs) enjoyable podcast with the old Timmy. There is. More to come in terms of what Verbal Tap is offering. And I don't know if you're watching, but Raph is interviewing fighters. He's giving you the chance to see into the mind of some really excellent people. Fighting friends of ours that have become relevant, friends of ours that have stayed relevant, friends of ours that have introspect. You have to be checking us out outside of just the podcast. But thank you for being here. Do not forget our friends who are helping keep the lights on. Proven Nutrition, North-South Jiu-Jitsu. Raph, it's time for some shout-outs, yeah? 
I think so. You probably have a lot because you were just bouncing around from the yard house <laughs> to whatever Arby's was close enough, and now it's H. John oh, Benjamin you. doing there. There's a lot of, and I, I don't have any except, you know, just uh, my minimalist life as I still eke back through my rehab programs, thanks to Dr. Framba. That's it for me, Raph. <laughs> Kev's most nimble set of shout-outs anybody's ever seen. Oh, my goodness, everybody. All right. Well, I mean, Kevin built this up, so I feel like I should make up some shout-outs before I even do them. Uh, all right, let's start with this. Ladies and gents, I want to go ahead and start by saying biggest shout out to one Melon Martial Arts Center. VMAC! VMAC! Folks, check this out. We have approval. V E B I place to B before E B I is going to be Valley Martial Arts Center. We're going to have an open mat going from 12 to 3 p.m. That's in North Hollywood. You guys are going to want to be there. I'm going to be training there. There's going to be a lot of friends who are coming in, so please make it a point to come in. Roll with us. It is open to all. We want to make sure that everybody feels welcome. You can bring a gi. You can bring no gi. We're not doing combat jiu-jitsu, so get that one out of your head. But everything else is no going to be said, a lot of fun. By the way, no one said, no said combat jiu-jitsu. Kev, it's a combat jiu-jitsu-themed event. Oh, so okay, what we're saying, still. like, hey, come like, for everybody. EDI. Just, like, chill it. All right. Anyway, uh, so no, I mean, it's going to be fun. I'm very excited that you guys get to come join us. Also, big shout out to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. LA So, fun story with those guys. They're killing it. I believe Eric is actually doing some uh, teaching over at CSUN. I believe he's in charge of the Jiu-Jitsu program over at Cal State Northridge. So, if you guys are going to CSUN, you're like, hey, man, does this have like a jiu-jitsu program? The answer is yes. <laughs> so, do. go find out how you can become a part of that immediately. And then, I mean, if you want to train with the guys, you can go there on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 8 a.m., Tuesday, Thursdays at 11.30. Also, I want to say big shout-out to our good friends over at 10th Planet Van Nuys. Had some great training in wrestling today. Uh, one of those trainings where you just kind of feel super old as you train, Kev. You just kind of go, why am I doing this? Am I the oldest person here? I have to be, right? <laughs> and then you feel every bit of your age as you're doing it. So uh, I had a great time doing that otherwise. But big shout-outs to them. And, uh, I mean, you know, Kev, the nice part is big shout-out to everybody on an Invitational. I'm glad you guys put that on. Very excited to see uh, good things for Keith. Good things for PJ. I might be chatting with them soon. Hint, hint. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's there's some stuff coming down the pipeline. I think toward the end of the month we might have uh, some interesting things coming on, Kev. So I don't want to give away too, too much, but I want to tell you guys, just be on the lookout on our social media page. We're going to start, you know, put some things up. We'll see if you guys like it. I mean, I don't know. Is that being too vague? No. I think that's being specific no. enough, especially for the interwebs. It's like, fucking follow us. Find us. Right. You know you want right. this. You know what's never going to happen? Khabib versus mm. Connor. You know what is going to happen? Ref's going to interview good fighters. Oh, wow. <laughs> Today they had a calendar uh, that was put out somewhere that just said, oh, guys, it's only X many days until Khabib and Connor. And the first person I thought of was Kevin. I just go. No, it isn't. Man, 
I should get Kevin an advent calendar to the day it's not going to happen. <laughs> so that way he opens up. He gets like a little piece of chocolate each day and goes, mm, 21 days until it doesn't happen. 21 days <laughs> until nothing. Until absolutely nothing is happening. Can't wait. Love this chocolate. <laughs> Nothing's on the horizon. I'll eat another chocolate tomorrow. That is what I will think. It's just it's like Kevin's versions of like Krumpus. It's just really angry. Let the kids know how bad they are, sort of a thing. Children will um, come but yeah, far kids. away. They will say, Are you excited about the fight? I will smack them down. <laughs> um let it. Am I supposed to thank anybody else this week? I mean, I'm not going to. I think that's it. Let's just call it a day with that. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Hey, good night and good fight. you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is